Hey guys. Hi everyone. Wow. Uh, welcome to our first episode of. Wait, what's our show? Did you forget the title of the show? Wow, I, Brian, <laughs> you literally just said the title. You just, you just checked with me. <laughs> Blank Slate presents Small Talk The Ideas, where we we want to chat with like different business owners and share mm. experiences, learn from each other. And mm-hmm. starting off with this episode, we're going to talk about ourselves, yes. us being the co-founders of like uh, Core Studios and Blank Slate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have Minghan, Mingyu, and myself, Brian. Yay! I think people don't even know most of the things what we do. Most of the time, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess maybe some of them are even hearing Core Studios for the first time. So <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe Minghan, do you wanna let people know what you do as a oh. company, as a creator? Uh, even like the right, main thing. I think so. Right now, the simplest way to put it is, uh, as a team, we make content for people, right? But there's so many different parts to that. Um, that it's very oversimplified to say that, yeah, we just make some content uh, because we do the planning, we do the production side of it, we do the marketing side of it. And pretty much that's that's what life has been so far. Um, it kind of started out of YouTube, but <laughs> that is that is the simple way to, to put it. Like. It's definitely not so simple right now. So yeah, that's what kind of what we do in a nutshell. Hmm. So I guess like for me, I first started uh, doing this whole video thing on a freelance basis, and then I met Ming Han back in two thousand eleven, I think. Yeah. Was it, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I first approached Ming Han to shoot a video, a short film, which is on the Ming Thing YouTube. It's called Alone Forever, I think. Yeah. And then we just did it for fun. And back then, we also have Rafi alongside. Mm. Uh, he was the, our yeah. main DOP, which is the videographer, the, the person who shoots. And mm. I'll be the one who also sometimes shoots, sometimes edits, and, uh, and also produce at the same time. Uh, mm. And then later on, um, Mingyu came back from UK. Yeah. Yeah. Ming, uh, Mingyu came back from UK as a... a as Minghan's brother and as a talent as well. I don't yeah. think he went to UK as not my brother. <laughs> <laughs> he came back as my brother. Uh, yeah. What, what, what year was that again? Uh? You came back? Uh, I was there from 2010 to 2012. So I came in 2012 and then you guys were already like starting to make a lot more videos. So I jumped in mm. and then we uh, did a lot more like comedy sketches. Um, and then I feel like it, there was a time where we almost posted up a video a week, right? Back then, yeah. it was like almost every week there was a video, and then um, like you like we would all be uh in the back room of the house editing the videos of <laughs> doing oh, yeah, different man. things. Yeah. Not oh, every week, like, Every every two weeks, we would shoot for one week and then work on the video for the next week. Mm, that yeah. was that yeah. Was I remember that back then, me and Rafi was like in Minghan's back room or storeroom something. Like yeah, yeah. Like editing. Need to go home already. Yeah, yeah, it was so late. We stayed up until like. 11 or 12. There was one ep- There was one time or so we were in Bangsa Shopping Centre until like 1 o'clock at night. Yeah, Starbucks. Outside Starbucks. Starbucks. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know why but it was like, yeah, let's, it was like, you know, so you don't want to come to Damansara so let's just meet in between. 
And then we forgot that every place closes. So yeah, that was that was a long time ago. My goodness. Yeah, I, I guess that 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 whole uh making videos from home and everything leads up led up to like us uh getting our first client job. I mm. think it was was it Salcom? Telco was a telco, right? Cellcom. Yeah. Yeah. So so it led to us getting our first client job and then we didn't know what to do with the some the money and No, it was it was Hotling. Oh Hotling? Yeah. Hotling I, I, I forgot whether it's Hotling or Salcom. Yeah. 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 So at that point also I think that's when we started the company, right? Crossviews. Yeah. We made a choice. I think because we were all quite uh we were quite shocked at the amount. And I think everyone back then or so was like, at least at least we were very fortunate that none of us made any noise about like, hey, we want money, we want money, right? It was more of like, why don't we, we put the money somewhere and then we all take from it slowly. <laughs> so that was like the general consensus at that time. Uh, and yeah, then we realized and also, that, wow, that's a lot like, of money. Like, like because we, we don't really know like business stuff or so. Mm. Uh, we don't have like a business management, how to run a company kind of background. So everything is just like trying to mm. get by, learn as you go, mm. ask others, learn from YouTube mm. articles online. And yeah. I guess came down to this 2020, seven years now, seven years plus, eight years. Eight. I guess eight years. it's, I would say, I would personally say it's an achievement uh, given that we don't really have a background of a lot of things. It's a, just, yeah. Every know. day is a surprise <laughs> how we're still alive to be honest, but yes. It is an achievement. Yeah, so hence why this show, uh, Small Talk, Big Ideas, uh, it's also a, a, a platform, a gateway for us to allow us to learn from other uh, business owners, uh, people mm. who, especially people who I, I, I really want to learn from, I really mm. want to get insight from, and for them to learn from our industry as well. Uh, it could even be like, F and B, uh, manufacturing, any any kind of people. Yeah. Uh, We've met very interesting people along the way, um, mm. and many of them don't have the same product as us. Meaning, like you know, content creation, but they have succeeded in very unorthodox ways by themselves, right? Uh, and yeah, there's just so many things that we've never been able to involve them with until well. Hello. How's your journey been, Mingyu, ever since you joined us? Uh, I think like my, like when you guys started the video uh, journey, even with like DMT back then, like you guys were finishing uni. Um, and then like after uni, I, I remember like Minghan always tells a story that how he, because you know, he did psychology and, and technically he was supposed to do his master so he can practice. Um, mm. But then because you guys were starting to build a momentum for, for videos and there was a demand at that time for content creation uh, from these new like sort of like uh, YouTubers or whatever, uh, you, Minghan and Rafi started to really consider, you know, what, what if we make this a full-time uh, a job? Uh, which I think is something that we should definitely talk about later on because I think some of the questions I've been asking, how do you transition from passion to, to um to a, to a full-time business. Uh, mm. And at that time for me, it was still fun and games because I, I still technically had to do my degree. Um, mm. And then like we started to, I guess map out even then. So like, what would this look like as a career? 
Uh, and for me, having to still study and, and come out and do our videos and all that, it was fun, but it was also very, it made me realize, uh, wow, actually, what are we studying, man? Uh, <laughs> which is yep. something that, you know, I, I Brian tell me so many times, just, just drop out, just buy your degree, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you were telling yourself that, not Brian. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, probably me as well. <laughs> uh, but there's yeah, something like I really struggle because you know I think maybe the education system in Malaysia is 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 only it's a lot of like feeding, uh, but there's not a lot of doing. And I think a lot of experience when you come out and work in the mm. I I don't know we've been blessed and I've been blessed to have experience working with you know uh, brands and you know we're making an ID eating stuff together. Uh, mm. And then I go back and see like mm, stuff I'm learning is like what is this? Yeah? Um, but then. From then, I think when we, I think most of us can agree that things started to really, things started to make sense when we got our first office together in Empire Damansara. Uh, that was when we were like, oh, wow, now got like overhead today. Now it's like the money that's being paid out is not just to your own salary, but now there's overheads, there's equipment, you know, you're investing into. Uh, I remember like when, when you bought the first iMac. Uh, and then put it into the office. Wow, that that felt like oh my goodness, this is for reals, right? And then from there, that was two thousand what thirteen, twelve, twelve, twelve or thirteen around there lah. Around there. Yeah, and then fast forward to where we are today is is quite insane to think that something that was so so hobby like, so you know, passion interest, uh, morphed into a company with now twenty odd people, uh, inside as well. Yeah. It took a really long time for us to even decide to get the office though. Because mm. I remember we kept on telling like, the office rental is like, someone's extra salary. <laughs> that was <laughs> the topic of discussion. But we did it anyway. I think we, uh, yeah. me and Rafi just came to your house like, for like a year every or two. Day. Yeah, almost every day. Yeah. Towards the second half of the day into the night. So, yeah. so like, the public know you guys, both of you as like, Minghan, I mean you from the main thing, mm. but I guess what people may not know is what you guys do in the company. Mm. Uh, maybe you guys wanna talk about it, like even with even even like blank slate things with blank slate. Yeah, mm. I think maybe you can go ahead. My my role is like more quote unquote obvious. <laughs> yeah. mm. Um. So. Uh, in the comp- I think my, my all three of us have had our roles shift a lot during the uh, course of our journey with Core, uh, mm-hmm. from writing, producing, and then just like then we realized that all those are very you know like that's what we do. But because you know we technically we we are still a, I don't know we're still a startup. But <coughs> when you're in a company and you it, it's your own, you definitely have to wear multiple hats. So uh, people like even Brian, he does uh, admin and finance and so and, and he he oversees a lot of things besides just operations and uh, producing. Uh, for me, it was uh, initially it was writing and developing business, uh, business development. But then now it's uh, I'm 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 fully leading uh, the takeaway table, which is our content platform, one of our brands as well, and also our digital uh, digital marketing strategy team, which is the Blank Slate Works agency. Uh, and so uh, even so, for 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 Blank Slate, what we do is I guess essentially it's it's a creative agency we strategize and we help brands uh execute their campaigns uh and even if they have a hundred percent idea of what they're doing or a zero percent idea we come into a system with that and so i think it was quite interesting to see how um from just production 
we managed to also realize that, okay, actually there is a lot of links to uh, the creative field in general. And that's why we've uh, morphed up to so many things besides just video production. Um, and I think it, it, it's, it's an ongoing uh, thing for all of us. For me, myself, like, I think among the, even in the team, my role has always shifted to things, uh, to, to, to more, I guess, helping to build and push even further structures that are already in place. So whatever Minkhan and Brian have set as the uh, base and foundation of that, I will come in and, and, and figure out what else can we do to push and uh, improve upon the structure. And I think that's how we managed to uh, diversify uh, over these past few years, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I guess some people may or may not know, but three of us have really different roles and different character, different personalities altogether. Mm. And yep. we all function, I would say it's a, it's a good mix of things because we all kind of mm. complement each other in mm. terms of our strengths or weaknesses. I don't and take it for granted though. Like we all complement each other, but in a lot of teams, different personalities just don't work with each other also. Mm. That's so true. I, th I think we do share some kind of similarity where, um, I mean, if you work under working circumstances, maybe people are more hostile. But I think because we met first as friends and then it slowly became work and I basically made use my brother, I think it's a very different, you know, dynamic we're fortunate to have. Yeah. I guess it's also partially due to the values that we uphold, even to, the, mm. to our team. Like, we, we're always like taking care, taking care of the people first, uh, just mm -hmm. really uh mm. yeah everything over money i guess i, I mean not to say money yeah. is not important but it is what yeah. it is that's on the blank slate side on the yeah. course to do side uh for me personally i'm the executive producer uh i currently run the operations um for the team and then we have about like 10 11 12 around there lah. 11, 12 people full-time and mm. Minghan is the creative director of the team the for core studios the main thing and so on and so forth so I guess how it how how core studios evolved is uh, it started off from like making the main thing content and then slowly we had things random things like hello TMT back then mm, or yeah. even even some something that we tried but never followed through. Uh, it's called Sandbox. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I just saw the throwback the other day. <laughs> yeah. So that was, there were different experimental things that we've tried and mm. it now led to having the takeaway table. Uh, and now this, uh, this whole new series, business talk mm. series, uh, mm. it's still an experimental stage. Who knows? Uh, we don't even know whether people will watch this, but Mm. We're still gonna keep doing that. Next one would be uh, like throughout the past seven, eight years. What what was the toughest period for you, like, for you guys? Oh, this like is individually, individually. someone, yeah, yeah. Individual. Like personal, oh. personal struggle. Oof. <laughs> if Oof. you wanna get there, man. Oh, I had a really bad mm, two relationships in the past eight years. So, <laughs> in the first okay, eight years, sorry. Oh, sorry, business, right? Business, sorry. Okay, okay, great. Uh, Business. You want to go first? I think because I'm probably the one that has to balance the most between uh, how to run a business and 
at the same time discovering a skill that I didn't know I had, uh, which was like writing and everything. It really felt like you were trying to study the art stream and science stream at the, at, at the same time from the start. So like that was, I think, the biggest struggle the whole time because in, in, the, in, in this industry, it's not just the business side and the creative side. Then you got to worry about the personality side, which came along with the job. And I feel like the tension that this builds within a person is, is, very, is very intense. I thought, I think that was like personally my biggest struggle because um, we didn't really have to worry about quote-unquote company for the first half of it, right? Because it was only like six of us. There was like really no big company worries. It was really more of a personal issue of like, okay, why, uh, why am I doing this craft? How is there a bigger importance to building a business or building the craft? And then at the same time, you, I don't know about you guys, but this was very personal to me. I didn't want anything to like focus around the fact that we were getting famous, that kind of thing, right? Because I never wanted someone to like, uh, I, I, I mean, it was always a personal challenge to like, like this video for the video itself, not because like, you know, wow, I've got famous people inside, that kind of thing. I really didn't like that at that time. Uh. And I wanted to create, I, I guess, what you guys can call like, quote unquote, organic content. And that's why like, I think that has sort of become like our forte. I don't think we really rely on people like, if there are famous people or their personalities, it's most of the time because like a client has requested them to be put inside a piece of content. Um, but I, I really do take pride in the fact that we put a story first most of the time. Uh, that being said, that's after like eight years of doing it. But man, the struggle for one, I think it's an ongoing struggle to always try and balance between the creative individual and the business individual uh, on a daily basis. Uh. That's for me. Because both of these people want very different things, right? One wants consistency and, and KPIs and the other one wants to like uh, do craft and take your time and it's just a very existential crisis struggle <laughs> personally. Yeah. Then, then how, how, how did you cope with like being a content creator at, on one side and being a business owner having to juggle with the team operating like... Yeah. I think at the time where it was just six of us, there wasn't really much to quote-unquote cope, right? Um, but I also feel like that's where you guys came in because uh, there was that time where you took the move to become the kind of like the company's producer as well. So there were like people taking care of different things. Like at one time we had Melissa like, uh, and one time we had people like you and uh, Natalie. So it was a lot of uh, role role delegation so that everyone could focus and specialize in a certain role they were, they were doing and I would only be needed to approve Maybank transactions and uh, get TAC which is still happening today um, but I feel that there's, there is definitely a, a strength into delegating roles so you can focus but I don't think you can run from I mean if you own if you have your own you know uh, team I don't think you can run from making choices. Lah. So you have to you have to have some kind of headspace for that. Uh, mm. But most of the time, I'm just thankful for people. Lah, because uh, if not, I don't think the team will be where it is today. Lah. Yeah. Mm. Mingyu, what's mm. your... Okay, wait. Mingyu, yeah. Uh, I think my struggle and toughest period kind of like, I mean, they're the same thing for me. So I think for me, it was trying to figure out... Um, uh, 
like how to like the, when there's an when there's a need in terms of roles and uh, operations, right? When there's a need that you see in a business and uh, you have a decision whether you want to take charge over it, whether you want to be like, okay, you know what, I'm just gonna uh, do it because uh, number one, uh, there's no one else to do it, or you know what, I I could really shine in this role kind of thing. Um, I think for the longest time, I I hid behind the uh, I just want to be a creative sort of uh, role, and I just wanted to create like, oh, I'll make a new short film or story and all the right stuff. Mm. And to be honest, I mean, it's not that it's a bad thing. Uh, I think given enough time, I could probably I could probably you know uh, <laughs> develop a Avengers movie sort of thing uh, with enough resources. But then I think uh, one of the struggles for me was realizing that there is there is what you want to do, and then there's what you need to do. And I think uh, in a business, when you are sort of like still, I guess, building uh, the foundations of what you have uh, and your people to feed and everything, uh, what took precedence for me was the shift of what I wanted to do versus what I needed to do. And I started to do things that I was very uh, uncomfortable with, uh, like, you know, selling stuff or just going out to meet people. I, things that I, I never wanted to be a part of because um, I didn't like the idea of it and I didn't like... Um, doing it in general. So imagine like if you didn't like uh, doing menial tasks, right? Uh, like for example, if, if, if no one's going to wash the cups or wash the toilet in your office, then obviously you got to do it because it, it's your office, right? And so it, it was it was that sort of like need and one thing. Um, mm. And I think sometimes that was, I mean, and, and, and to be honest, I think that period of my life just kind of like deciding on bigger and bigger things that I never liked doing. And then I, I told myself, you know what? I have to do it anyway. Um, that was a struggle for me because that meant taking responsibility a lot uh, uh, and putting my hands onto things that I never wanted to touch. And as as entitled as that sounds, I think sometimes we are just generally like that in life, right? Sometimes we, we don't like numbers and we don't like finance stuff and so we just push it aside to somebody else uh, if that person is better. But I think there's also still a need to be um, aware and present in each of the, I guess, sectors in, in, in your business. Um, and so for me, maybe the, the toughest period was just before that, just before coming to the realization that, yes, I need to do this. Uh, the toughest period was looking at the situation and not being happy with it, uh, but also not knowing whether it's something you can control or whether you can't control. Uh, and I felt a lot of frustration um, with myself or so. Uh, and I, and then I, I guess maybe that, that was the frustration that let me have, uh, led me to the conversation of, can I do something about it? Uh, and so I think yeah, that's, that's my struggle. Mm-hmm. Do you think you, you've overcame your struggle? Uh, I think it's an ongoing thing. I think certain <laughs> things I still have to take the wheel in certain senses, but then uh, for, I'm, I'm quite happy to, I'm quite happy to say that yes, I've overcome a lot of the initial things I thought I wouldn't be able to do or couldn't be able to do. Um, so yeah, I think that was a learning process in the past three years for me. How about you, Brian? What was your one to eight year struggle? Uh, I think for me, my main struggle would be having to learn everything from scratch. Like, hmm. even down to, even before starting the company, I was doing videos. But even doing videos, I was learning from scratch, like through online on, on YouTube and so on. Hmm. But starting this company, running this company, I didn't, uh, I didn't go to business school. I didn't study like finance and so on. So having to juggle 
and learn out all these finance terms. Like back then, I didn't know what's OPEX, CAPEX, and so on and so forth. Mm. Uh, so all these things, uh, knowledge in terms of like uh, how to maintain the company's finance, cash flow, uh, strategy for it, all these adult things. Yeah, mm. these are all a constant learning, uh, even un- until now. I wouldn't mm. say like I- I'm, I- I'm very knowledgeable, but I'm okay to get by. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I think people always have the perspective that, oh, you guys must be doing amazingly well. Uh, you guys are brilliant at what you do. But I think on the other side of the fence, it's always that I, we always feel like, I think we just know just enough to get by for this current time. Uh, yeah. And I feel that's where a lot of people misunderstand. <laughs> we are really just getting by day by day, learning just enough to survive. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. Another thing also, like, I feel... For me personally, it's mm. trying to stay passionate in terms of uh, mm. doing things creatively. For me personally, mm. like mm. back then, I, I like doing things creatively, like shooting, editing, uh, creating stuff. Mm. But now I, I don't really do much of those anymore. So I'm not sure if it's the same for you guys uh, mm. in terms of staying passionate in what you do. Minghan, mm. Minyu. I think because the nature of our creative industry is on social media, uh, it, it moves so fast that you don't really get a chance to... It sounds weird. It moves very fast. You don't really get a chance to grow properly as a creative because the speed of um, how fast you need to make something is insanely rapid. Uh, I think, yeah, definitely the past two, three years were was like... Uh, Definitely me falling out of passion to make normal videos because I just felt that um, I needed a break from it and to try and make other things. And that's what we kind of did. Just that, the, not on TMT channel, you know. And it was a real test uh, because um, it's those kind of things where you're in so deep already. And, you know, we hit, uh, I think we passed a mi- half a million subscribers and everything. And it was like, wow, do I want to keep the cloud up? Do I want to keep on grinding the numbers or does my sanity as a creative matter more to me? And I pushed at it, but I think when you do something like that, uh, your creative brain like pushes back and it just rejects everything. And that's what people start calling, you know, you fall out of your passion. Um, and, and after, you know, after being, being able to look back at it, I think it's a very normal process because the creative brain grows like, a, it doesn't grow like that, that straight flow chart, right? It grows like a very rapid, very rapid uh, exponential growth and it kind of like plateaus. And then there needs to be a spike and it grows up again. And that's what I really learned about, about growth that if you're passionate about something, you're definitely going to fall out of love with it for a while. Um, but then we learned that to take that passion to the next level, a very big deal of discipline is involved. Um, mm. Even if that discipline isn't to make more stuff, the discipline is to try again tomorrow, Right. Uh, and, and that's what I've really learned. So, yeah, don't, I'm not sure if like, I'm pretty sure chefs also fall out of like passion to cook for, a, for some, some time, you know, like every day look at the same thing, right? Like I was like watching Ugly Delicious and Dave Chang is, he, he, his job is cooking, but when he comes home, right, he can't be bothered. He just wants to cook trash, right? And I feel, I felt the same way for like uh, two to three years because um, as the production team grew, 
so did how intense our production needs to be. Uh, and I just wanted to make like simple stuff when I came back and was on my own. Um, but yeah, definitely. I, I don't think it's not, I don't think it's uh, weird for anyone to fall out of passion with your passion, you know. Uh, because you, like, you grow, it start, you start the passion at the same time. But unlike what people think, you grow as one person and your passion also grows as a, as a different entity. And you always need to like figure out how to stay up to date and continually connect with your passion. And sometimes it just doesn't work out. And then you've got to find another way, you know. But yeah, that, that's, what, that's what I personally have experienced. Lah. And this whole like two months of MCO has just given me that time to put it into words, you know, finally. Uh, yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. Since you talked about like, uh, like having to deal with that, like, what, what was your general response towards people saying, oh, why no, no, no new videos or oh, I want new, more new videos, those kind of things? Um, maybe, maybe because I'm super unaffected by things like that. Uh, <laughs> I, I do know that there's an effect on it. Um, but I think because, uh, number one for me, it's not that I don't appreciate our audience, right? It's just that I, I really feel that what is more important to me is the team. So when, when your brain goes into the, I'm not in love with my passion stage, it goes into like survival mode. And for me, survival mode was, what can I do just to take care of my team first before I take care of the audience? Uh, so that's how I kind of approached it. And that's why like, no matter how many people are, hey, what happened to you? What happened to you? I feel the best part and the worst part about that is that, uh, the worst part is I can't, I can't give you guys an answer because I don't know what I'm going to be inspired about next. And then, uh, but the best part is I think a lot of our TMT audience is just there, you know. Um, minus the fact that I don't know what the, the, the social algorithms are anymore or if our content is getting to our, our audience the same way it was like eight years ago. Um, but there's always been a continual support instead of like I'm giving up on you guys. Uh, it's always been like, no, take your time. It's okay. We'll all be here. We appreciate the quality of your stuff. And it's true. Like people have really appreciated when we take our time to make something uh, instead. So yeah. Um, the yeah, worst, just, sorry, sorry uh, the, the uh -huh. worst and best thing, the double-edged sword to, I think any business is how far do you take your customers' comments? <laughs> um, because they are not the chef in the kitchen, right? And if you just did whatever they say, uh, I don't think it's going to work either. You know, that is the reason why you own the, you own the kitchen and not them. Uh, you got to take everything with like a proper ratio. Yeah. I guess yeah. just to add on like on Minghan's comment in terms of like survival mode and, mm. and prioritizing the team first. Whenever, uh, just to carry it out to the public, uh, it's not that we don't want to make videos on the main thing but on mm. course video side uh how we survive is we also create videos outside of the channel for brands for clients for other people to mm. be placed on their pages as, instead mm. so hence why you you you, you always say like oh well, i got no new videos on the channel because we're we're busy creating videos for other people and that's how yeah. we kind of keep our team alive sustainable yeah. yeah. How about you, Mingyu? Like, what was the question, sir? Like, in terms of passionate and 
like we've never been the type to do trends. Um, and we've never been the type to react to if everyone's doing a certain viral trend, like let's jump on that as well. I think because we've, we, I'm not trying to say that we're better than it or above it, just that I don't find joy in it. And we don't find the, the aspect of entertainment or humor that I guess people do. And that's why um, for us, it's never been about reacting to virality. Uh, it's always been about what is something that no one has done yet instead of let's make something that everyone likes. Um, and so maybe for us, the, I mean, for me, um, I remember there was, there was a time where we would write stuff and be like, what's this about? What are we trying to do? Uh, where is this going? And a lot of times those videos that we've shot don't even end up seeing uh, the light of day and nobody ever sees those videos as well. Um, and then also, but maybe also then learning to balance that, like what Minghan said, right, about the passion and wanting to create something that's original, organic and, and fresh, but also still needing to sustain whether it's your audience, whether it's the team, uh, whether it's the business in the company, like that's something that uh, you really take into consideration as a content creating company. Uh, and maybe even if, like, as we talk about this more, right, I realize that it's not a problem that people will face because you are usually either one or the other. You're usually just the, I make something for a client or a brand and I don't have to worry about it. As a production house, if we were purely a production house, there'd be no problem with that. We just make for you and then we walk away and be happy at, at the end of the day. The problem is that we are as much of a production house as we are a brand um, of our own content. And the struggle really comes in. And I think maybe that's why we're all having this now is because there is that desire to make both perfectly balanced. But, but I think that will never happen, you know, because we are playing both of that field at the same time. Um, and whether or not we will ever find a solution in the future to have our production on par with our organic, creative, fresh content, I don't think, I don't think any of us are striving to find that balance. I think we've accepted maybe over these nine years that that's, it's not something that, that is a necessity. That, that's why there's, there's three of us, right? And that's why we have a team because if we were trying to do all of that on our own, that'd be stupid. Uh, but really focusing on different aspects of the business and making, uh, like I think even right now, after we've talked about roles, Brian hitting core in the production side, uh, servicing clients, helping them to create a, a visual uh, asset for their entire campaign, a flagship piece, right? And then I have a uh, blank slate behind me that we are creating campaigns to help craft a message for uh, the end user. And then there's Minghan who's also handling the organic content. And all these three platforms work independently, but at the same time also together. Um, the struggle has, the struggle is if, I, maybe the struggle is if you try to find a balance between all of this. But then if you flip it on, uh, if you flip it and frame it differently, that it's not a struggle because all three of this should not be perfectly balanced at the same time. Um, and that's something maybe content creators like ourselves and, and, and Ginny Boy and you know, so I'm Jen, people like us have to maybe balance a bit more because there's the, uh, I need to make money. Sometimes my content doesn't make money, but I still need to make content for my audience. And that's really just the, I think that's the equation that we have to play with. Since you you were the one who like kind of initiated and kickstarted the takeaway table, uh, yeah. do you think that was like 
another avenue to keep things passionate or, or was it like any any other reasons? Um, I remember like back in 2018, in June, Instagram announced uh, Instagram TV, IGTV, right? And they were like, okay, from now on, we're going to uh, have another part of the platform that allows more than one minute videos. Uh, and everyone was like, oh my gosh, this is for real? Can we do this? And at that time, uh, Minga was trying to figure out what else we could do uh, with DMT, whether we wanted to focus more on short films or sketches or you know, uh, more lifestyle things. And I said, you know what, let's let's create something that is less production value, uh, something that we can just plug and play, record and then put it out there and be as real as possible. Because a lot of the stuff that we put up on the main thing, uh, or even if you see us, like if you see Minghan and myself being talents in other pieces of content, we're always playing characters but never ourselves. Uh, and so I, I figured a takeaway would be a new avenue or I just wanted a new platform for us to be ourselves uh, and mm. react and speak about things as who we are as people. And from there, I guess the takeaway was born into the sort of the, uh, we tried it on TMT first on the IGTV and then it spun into takeaway. But then that was when I felt that there was a gap in the Malaysian, uh, an Asian market for content beyond just short films. And, uh, you know, storytelling. Because all of that is beautiful and it's great. But sometimes people just want to hear real-life conversations. And I'll be honest, it's still a it's still a growing platform. I think it's still a growing genre. I don't think the region uh, in general, or even Malaysia, the English market, uh, we see a lot of American shows that have people sitting down as panelists talking about stuff. You know, there's such a huge following of the podcast over there. And now the podcast, is build- the podcast scene is building up in Malaysia. But mm. the... But the variety of of content that people can sit down and just talk about things and address things that people don't usually talk about and uh, are harder to talk about inside videos, very few options. And I thought that, you know what, let's make the takeaway table that type of content. That after every piece of content that you see and we make, uh, what we want you to go back with is a, a topic of conversation that you can have with, with your friends or family, anyone around you. Um, so maybe that was like the heart of it is still there. Uh, we're also again going through a lot of changes because now we have like multiple shows uh, under the umbrella itself, and we are also now subject to MCO and we can't shoot anything. So uh, having a lot of meetings with the team has made us pivot direction, but I think the goal and the destination is always still the same for uh, that kind of content. So do you guys think like, I mean, both of you, do you guys think the business right now or rather the, the platforms right now that we have, it's where it should be? It should wow. be. No. <laughs> I think the business is a life of its own. Like, we can't even predict where the platform will be. Uh, but I think that was where our, another, another strength and weakness we have is, right? We, we know that for a fact that Platforms always change, so you focus on your craft, right? Um, being that, like, I, I do think that we've got some kind of name for ourselves or reputation to say that, yeah, we can make good stories and content. Uh, but the flip side is, we're ho- I'm, I'm freaking horrible at social media. You know, I, I can list like our friends in the Chinese scene, like Chloe, who has anal- like analytics and data, like do what, how, when, keep the momentum up. Then they know. The, the algorithms and stuff and we just don't know squat about that um, 
but yeah, the business has so many elements of it that that is like just so out of our control. Um, it's never really where we thought it would be. To be honest, I don't. I didn't even think we'd have a company like this. You know when we started it. So yeah, is this where you think you'd be, Brian? <laughs> For me, uh-huh. uh, I guess of course. Everyone who starts a company, every business owner would want their company to be as big, as successful as it could be, lah, right? But mm. uh, I guess humans, just being humans, that can never be enough, lah. Mm. Uh, so as much as we want to achieve, as much as we can, at this moment, I'm just grateful for the team that stood by us, uh, yeah. the even the past employees that that has left us, the past employees, the present employees, uh, every single one of them has contributed to where Core Studios and Blank Slate is mm. now. And yeah. hopefully, I mean, given the changes that's due to come because of this MCO, uh, we, we, we won't know where, where exactly it will hit us, uh, it will mm. bring us, but hopefully it will be a better pathway for us in the future. That's mm. what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Oh, I think what, what, what Brian just kind of like um, mentioned is that's, I guess, how we, that's the ethos and like that's the heart behind everything that we do uh, with Core, right? Whether you see it through DMT, uh, Core Takeaway, even Blank Slate, like he, he, he mentioned at the start of it, like there's, the decision to focus on the people instead of the profit has always been our our way of running things. And as and as unprofitable as it is, which is true, I think there are a lot of ways to profit way more in uh, in our industry. Mm. Uh, I cannot like like one of the points that we talked about like what what we could do is oh sorry one of the points that we had in our little notes was what kept us going. And I think for all three of us aside from the passion, aside from the wanting to create content for ourselves or making a name in the industry, changing the world, it's really been the people. All our decisions have been around the people that have been running alongside us uh, in whatever manner. And so I think moving forward as well, like I, I, I know for a fact that we will never stop caring about people uh, and never stop prioritizing people. And I think... To some people, to I mean, to other business owners and to other business analysis uh, analysts, it might be a stupid way of running business because then we are like sort of thinking with our heart, not our head, right? Uh, but maybe, maybe that same weakness is also our strength. And I think what we have with the team, in terms of the uh, the camaraderie, the commitment, the loyalty, the 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 backing, right, is something that I wouldn't trade for any amount of money because I think that if we uh, you can have all sorts I mean maybe this is us right you can have as much money as you you, you want to have but if you walk into a office or a team or a company where you absolutely hate the guts of everyone else then I feel like five times a day five times a week really is a shit way to spend your your life even if you're earning big bucks because that's mm. the majority of your life man um, yeah yeah <laughs> topping up from there so like I've, I've heard different businesses uh, struggle with their people, which is something interesting for me because uh, like even during this MCO, they were struggling to have the workers uh, like in align with their, their vision, their, mm. their whatever they, they want to do. The way they treat people, it's literally like 
employees employer type of relationship rather than i mean uh, as much as we want to call it like a family <laughs> yeah so mm. i guess there's there's good and bad in both because i know some people would uh would categorize like if you were to treat employees as employees your mm. productive your work productivity will go higher if you treat mm. people as families your let's say your productivity will be affected or something and your profit will go lower so mm. any brief opinion on that i agree <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe it's our true. struggle is finding the balance there yeah yeah it is true uh, there's no 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 denying that so yeah mm-hmm. yeah we are the best example I- I feel I I mean okay, but but this is just me with uh with the blank slate team, right? Because the blank slate yeah. team is technically a fresh team, uh, yeah. and all fresh hires. There's been no like carryover, uh, employees. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one. Uh. And what I've experimented and seen with them is that um, empowerment is so important. Like we are, we we we've, we've been running. Uh, some of these members have only been with us for like half a year, right? Um, but the empowerment and how I see them take charge of work, when you empower them and and you give them the confidence. Is is incredible. I, I I personally didn't believe and expect to see how much they've taken charge of things that are within their job scope and like above the and beyond their job scope. Mm. Um, and I I know that there is a sticky sort of like situation when you are friends with uh friends with somebody and then you tell them to do work and then you want to push them even further or you want to correct them right. There's always that bit of like tension like oh, yeah we are friends are then you know will the friendship spoil after this. Um, but I'm quite, I mean, it's just my opinion, but I feel like I've been able to have honest conversations with each of the blank safety members. Um, and when there are moments where we falter, right, there's moments of like, oh, this could have been done better. Or even myself personally, I could have communicated this better or delegated this even better than what I did. Um, the transparency and the honesty of how we've been able to communicate and work has been one of the best things that I've, uh, seen with the team, um, and I know for a fact that there is, there's like a you know percentage of people being utilized in terms of their capacity, capacity to work, and if people are in a company where they don't believe in the leadership and if they don't believe in the vision, even if they're running at a thirty percent capacity, they will never say anything about it. They will never let you know that I can do more, but I don't want to do more because I don't like you and I don't like what you're doing. So obviously, like there there will never be a. Uh, there will never be a passing of ownership in terms of the work. But mm. if you have people uh, come in who work with you and there is an alignment in terms of your vision and your, you know, your culture and stuff like that, right? Um, the honesty and transparency thing really, really goes a long way, especially if you are able to be as honest as possible and be like, hey man, I know we are friends, but we're also uh, working together. And whatever I say, whatever I do, right? Remember that I love you as a friend, but there is there's work that needs to be done. And we are help, we're, we're helping other businesses. So it's not about whether I like you or not. It's about things being done. Uh, and that conversation, as difficult as it was to have with some of them, has ended up being one of the most powerful assets uh, to, to optimizing, I guess, the performance of the team. And if anyone who, who's listening to this has a similar sort of situation, whether you're working with friends or whether you're having like a startup when you're helping your cousin or something like that, um, being as set the foundations for being as blunt and truthful as you possibly can in the first few like operating uh, months, right? Because mm. then when when hurdles come in the later months, if you're able to be like, hey, remember when we talked about being honest with each other? I need to do that with you now. That helps smoothen all 
the negotiations and, and I guess the the work talk after that. Um, so to me, that's been quite a. It, it's it's very nice to to start. No, we're not too far away from course culture, but I think it's something that I've implemented very intentionally. Uh, telling them, right, you know what, guys, this is how we're gonna do it. This is I want you to tell me this. I want you to. Uh, come to me when you are struggling with anything. So there's a very good sort of balance in terms of uh, uh, the friendship, but as also the uh, respect uh, in terms of being workmates. Huh? Yeah. Uh, so previously, I've posted uh, an IG story where I asked you guys, like, what are some questions that you guys have uh, regarding our business, our platforms, us being content creators? Okay, question by Eric Lofsted. Hey. Top three lessons learned transitioning from creators to business owners. It's not for everyone. <laughs> We've seen a lot of people fail. We're just very fortunate to have each other. Yeah. Um, that's one of my lessons. Uh, okay. Uh... Question from Setio. How do you balance finances for business and personal during difficult times? Brian? Oh, uh, I mean, you just wrote the whole article on that for the team. So. Yeah, <laughs> first of all, you just need to have your own savings first. That's very important. You need to know how to save a portion of your monthly salary. Mm. That's very important. And mm. always have a backup plan. That's about it. I think um, also to add to that, like making making sacrifices. Um, it, it's not it's not anything to shout about, but I think uh, uh, the team knows also because we we've been very honest with them that right now in this MCO period, uh, all three of us directors of the company have opted to to not have salary paid out uh, just to help with the situation uh, and cash flow of the company. So it's. I think that answers it, but also, of course, what, what Brian said, like, if you have no savings, then I don't think you can do that. Yeah. Mm. What are some mistakes you wish you could go back in time to change? Any of you? Wow. Um, many, man. From many. Steffi, Claudia, so many. There's so many. Um, definitely how we started structuring the team. Uh, uh, the you know some random people that we should have or should not have worked with. Um, I don't know. There's just a lot, and it's so many different elements when it comes to to that. Like from decisions that we made as a team or as an individual, uh, work that or work that we picked up or didn't pick up. I think I think uh, if there was anything, I wish that. I would have done so much more when the you know when it was it was blowing up, um, but at at that time that 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 personally I was very scared of what was going on, so I didn't really uh, uh, in a in a lack of a way to explain it, I did feel very hesitant to like go all out, you know, mm-hmm. because I just it was like no one expected what was happening at the time, so. Yeah, there was a very big anxiety. No, I won't say anxiety. Uh. There was a fear of the unknown. Uh, as in like, what in the world is going on right now? And should is this something that we, you know, I, I really want upon my personal life? 
Yeah. But I wish I could change that. I wish like knowing know what I know now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, question from Louisa Min. Um, how do you know how much to charge a brand? And how do you know which brand to work with? Any of you? How do we know how much to charge a brand? Um, so I, guess, I guess that's why rate cards are great. Uh, what was cards. the starting point? How, how do you go about it? How do you all start, man, with the first video? <laughs> uh, actually, wait. Uh, I, I, remember, I remember reading something good. I just need to go and... Uh, yeah, I guess while waiting for me, uh, for me personally, uh, it's more of like charging something that you feel you, you're comfortable with and delivering the best work possible. And mm. not worry of having like, oh, I charge too much, whether uh, am I giving enough? Those kind of things. Like, just feel comfortable with the rate that you charge. Yeah, there was the biggest thing that I, I, I learned about this um, was you're never going to get it right. So no one has a proper rate um, until Malaysia has some sort of union and we don't. So tough luck on that. But the best advice that I've ever heard from anyone regarding this is this, this guy called Chris Doe. Um, and he said very easily one thing. If you are charging and too many people are saying yes before anything, you're probably charging too low. If you're charging and seven out of 10 times you're not getting anything, you're probably charging too high. So that's like the best uh, reference that I've used when it comes to like, hey, should we try and push our rate now? Or should we try and push our rate now? But it's an ongoing thing because, um, yeah, as much as we would like to, to think that uh, art is subjective to our value because we will always value our art high, um, it really comes down to what you can agree and negotiate with your client about how both of you value the same thing. So uh, the only way you can, can, can figure out your rate is by trial and error. Like, just go and try and do it. Like. Yeah. Uh, question from Felicia Lau. Oh. Uh, what's the biggest takeaway powering through this season as a team? Can you give me one answer? The power of freaking diversifying your business. I swear, seriously, as a production company, right? You cannot do anything. <laughs> you cannot shoot. Because mm. the nature of your work is going out to shoot, right? And your nature of work is to gather with more than three people at a time to shoot something as a production company. And that is impossible right now. Um, and just, we've been so blessed to have our other forms of uh, content, even just like business, the blank state, and helping um, businesses in, in whatever capacity we can, right? That has been uh, the biggest takeaway. That, that, that is so important to never be comfortable in what you think you are good at or what you think you're comfortable or already established, right? The minute you, the minute you get into that sort of that, you know, feeling of, okay, I don't need to move, I don't need to grow, I don't need to ch change or try anything. You did, man. Seriously. Seriously, really, really. Like, in in all <laughs> sense of the word. That's, that's been the biggest um, to the, the biggest lesson and also just to be nimble. Uh, I think you can never... I mean, it's, it's not like everyone knew that COVID was about to hit, right? And I think businesses, if, if we knew, we would have changed a lot of things even before. Uh, but 
the but time and time again you get to see Malaysian brands, so our local heroes, uh people like Burger Lab, uh I, I always use them as an example, right? Even McDonald's bigger brands, so see how they adapt to the market. Uh of course you don't you're not gonna get your initial volume of sales or revenue as you did before the MCO uh or this this COVID period, right? But to be able to have the ability to adapt and be nimble about it, that is so important for a business today. Because if you can't, then again, okay. Mm. Nugget is life us. Ever fought to the point where one of you wanted to leave? Tips to keep it together. Fought? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, technically, we, I, we don't really fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we... To... I guess we have disagreements. Mm. Definitely. Uh, but we it's not until to the extent of fighting or... Yeah. Yeah. If anyone left, it left with no warning at all. So there was no fight or anything. Uh, Rafi just decided one day that he didn't want to do this. So, <laughs> mm. uh, But the thing is, it didn't happen with any bad intentions. It was just us trying to understand where he was in life. And uh, I, think, I think even if any of us said anything about it, uh, we respect, I mean, we still do. We respected Rafi's choice as a friend and person first because... I think he was going through a different, he got married and, and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, but there's definitely no fights and threatening to leave. But yeah. I'll be honest with you, if there's anything, like if you guys are going through that out there, it's the same advice for anyone in a relationship. If you can wager your relationship and an argument, it's probably not worth keeping. Just saying, if someone yeah. can threaten you, like if you don't do this, I'll break up with you. Uh, if you don't do this, I'll leave the company. Uh, it's something you might want to look into right away already. Yeah. Mm. The saying. Yeah, I think one, one thing I value uh, amongst the three of us is really the, the trust we have for each other uh, mm-hmm. as partners, as, uh, as friends. Uh, even with me, like fully trusting me with all this business and finance stuff, even though I, I don't study anything about it, never study anything about it. Uh, it's the trust that got us where we are now. Lah. Mm. and us being accountable for each other. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think the things where we make up in skill and experience is just a lot of trust to both succeed and to fail. And that's really, uh, I think, what a lot of SMEs need to understand instead of like blaming each other for the lack of experience and skill in a startup. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you guys do have questions or if you know a business or would like to be a part of this in some way, just drop a comment, I guess. Yeah. Um, drop us a suggestion or comment or even a message or so if you guys are a uh, business or a brand that would like to uh, tap into our services, whether it's video production to uh, digital mm. marketing and consulting. Uh, it's something that we definitely enjoy doing together with uh, brands. So uh, if you would like to get in touch, please give us a message. It's perfect. Uh, to, to I mean now because you know everyone has the internet and feel free to ask anything as well I think this is a space that we want to create for I think business owners in general to not feel alone because mm. we are all trying to get it right and there's no right answer for everyone um, so it doesn't really matter what industry you come from if you are out there during this time where you know, everyone is really just trying to figure out what the next step for anything is you're not alone we're all here uh, 
And since we have the time to actually sit down and talk right now, this is, you know, the initiative to make the most out of it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I guess just to wrap up, uh, remember to subscribe, like, share. Wherever the button is. Yeah. Yeah. This, this video will be on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, uh, possibly LinkedIn. I don't know. Uh, who knows? This is the first episode. So, we'll see. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks, for everybody, watching, for guys. watching. See you next time. All the best. See ya.